and welcome to Legal Tech Tapas, a new podcast serving up bite-sized summaries of the latest legal technologies with myself, Andrew Jardine. Now, just in case you didn't catch episode zero, which explained a little bit about the podcast, the aim of this new podcast is to help lawyers and in-house legal professionals keep on top of emerging legal technologies, what they do and how you might use them in your business. In every episode, we're going to focus on just one emerging legal tool and cover three things. Firstly, there'll be a quick and hopefully easy to understand summary of that product by me. Secondly, there'll be an interview with someone from that company so you can hear straight from the horse's mouth why you should use their product. And finally, we'll also close with some thoughts on who is really best suited to using that particular product. Today, on our very first episode, we are going to be focusing on a tool called Legal Sifter, which is one of the more prominent tools in the AI contract negotiation space. And later on, we'll also be joined by Kevin Miller, Legal Sifter CEO, and I'm particularly excited about that interview. But what are AI contract negotiation tools, I hear you say? Well, broadly speaking, these are software tools that assist you when you are redlining or negotiating a contract. No surprises there. They let you upload the contract to the software at which point artificial intelligence will automatically locate or change language in that contract, helping the contract reviewer to negotiate a contract more effectively and more efficiently. Okay, first things first. Now we're talking about Legal Sifter specifically. So what does it do? The most important function of Legal Sifter is that it has pre-trained AI that knows how to find hundreds of legal concepts. Legal Sifter uses this AI, which they call sifters by the way, to automatically find important parts of the contract and then simply show the user where those clauses are in a friendly interface so that the end user can find the contract sections they care about more quickly and then themselves determine acceptability or not in that particular negotiation. You are also able to some degree incorporate your business's specific playbook into the version of the software that you use. Practically speaking, this means that if, for example, you couldn't agree to a non-compete in your NDA, you would set up that rule in a dashboard in the tool. Later on, when you upload a contract, Legal Sifter would send you an alert saying that it found a non-compete and you couldn't agree to this. It's worth noting though that this function does not review the content of a clause for acceptable wording, really just whether the whole clause is present or not in that contract. Moving on from the AI functionalities of the tool now for just a second, Legal Sifter does also have a user interface unsurprisingly, because that is important when you are redlining a contract. The interface has things that you'd expect, like a Word-style document editor, but also has places to store things like the rationale behind certain company positions, or the fallback language which you normally use. That way, if your contract reviewer needs to make an edit, they have everything they need at their fingertips to make those changes more quickly. Now that we've covered the basics, it's time for that part of the show where we invite on a guest to dive a little bit deeper, And this time we are very lucky to have Kevin Miller, CEO of Legal Sifter joining us. Hey, Kevin, 
thanks very much for taking the time to be with us today on our very first episode. Andrew, it's a pleasure. Thanks for inviting us. Awesome. Okay, so Kevin, we're going to go through a few questions about yourself and we just want to learn about the product and you know, how you position it in the market. Are you, are you ready to go? I am. Okay, so Kevin, you know, you and I have known each other for a little while through various industry events and things over the years, but maybe for the listeners, it would be useful just to start by sharing a little bit about yourself, how you came to start Legal Sifter, and actually just to make it interesting, I would also love if you could share something unique about yourself that very few other people know. <laughs> I will, I'll do that. So I serve as the CEO of Legal Sifter and you know my background I am a licensed attorney in the state of Ohio here in the United States. I also have an MBA because I ran from the law as early as possible way back in 1998 and I happened to land at a startup that went public in 1999 at the height of the internet bubble and that's how I got my start. I've spent almost 20 years now in business. I've worked in four businesses. Legal Sifter is my fourth business. And in every single business, I've been very, very fortunate to work in an organization that had unique technology that went through hockey stick growth. And that was fairly disruptive. The first one was in procurement. The second one, I helped build and launch an online university, which was wild and crazy. And then I spent almost nine years at a safety and technology business that had not only hardware, software, and service, but machine learning and that predicted injuries in the workplace before it occurred. So I've been in and around artificial intelligence for a while, and that business went through hockey stick growth. And now I'm here at Legal Sifter, really on the verge of one of the most disruptive times in the history of the legal industry, thanks to artificial intelligence. And I've been very, very fortunate. I've spent you know 20 years in business, leading businesses, and it, I felt like I've been preparing for this role my entire career. And it's ironic that I've, after running from the law 20 years ago, I've now come back to it. And I've, I'm just, I'm loving every, every minute of it. The one thing that I would say about, about me that a lot of people don't know is, you know, as most people have in their backgrounds, they can tie way back to their teenage years or their formative years and say, wow, that really helped prepare me for this random role 20, 30 years later. And I, I, you know, I was a sports guy. I did a lot of sports growing up, so I did a lot of teamwork. But one thing that a lot of people don't know about me is I did a lot of stage work uh, when I was a kid, you know, singing in the choir and doing plays and musicals and doing all that musical theater stuff. And gosh, if that didn't prepare me for standing up in front of crowds and talking. And, and it's really, it's something I've drawn on a lot in my career and it's helped me be a better public speaker. And so it's just a random factoid about me. I don't do it anymore, but it is something I used to do. Huh, okay, that's, uh, that's really interesting. And I can definitely see how that would be helpful in doing <laughs> some presentations. Maybe I should start taking some theater classes myself. Yeah, there was a time when I was actually, uh, there's a, I, my random factoid, I've actually been paid to sing a couple of times. It's a very random small factoid, but it's, it's a fun little note about me. Okay, well, next podcast, we'll be asking you to do a, do a song for us, Kevin. <laughs> okay, so next question. So I've done my best to summarize the basics of Legal Sifter for the audience already, but it would be great to hear how you describe it. Can you give us your very best elevator pitch for Legal Sifter? Well, contracts are the most important document in global commerce, and they are universally a pain for everybody. They are a pain to read, negotiate, and keep track of. 
And we've built a product that we call Legal Sifter that reads contracts and gives in-context advice. It does it in a minute or two, and it uses forms of artificial intelligence, specifically machine learning and natural language processing. And a user who is faced with the task of reading a contract by themselves when they can't get to an attorney because it's too expensive or too slow, or a team of people that is faced with a long, arduous contract review process because they have too many people involved, you know, we help with that problem. You give a tool that like Legal Sifter to those people and everything gets cheaper, faster, and better. And it operates just like a grammar check. You upload a document, it reviews that contract, it tells you what's there, what's not there, and gives you in-context advice. And we are seeing dramatic results from our users. And we think, you know, frankly, in the not too distant future, all of us, everybody in the consumer market, in the business market, we will all be reviewing these complex documents, not just with spell check and grammar check, but with the help of AI, looking over your shoulder to make sure you don't sign something you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Okay, great pitch. Love it. Very succinct. But can you make things a bit more real for us? You know, an elevator pitch is one thing, but I think the audience would love to hear an example of actual value that you've delivered do you have an example of measurable improvements that you can share with us from one of your clients, maybe? I do. And, you know, first of all, our clients uh, today, 70% of them are businesses, 30% of them are law firms. We expect that to trend more towards 95.5 in the long term, not because we won't have a lot of law firm clients, but because there are that many more businesses. Our businesses range from the global 500 all the way down to sole small businesses, and they range from the global 50 law firm all the way down to sole practitioners. And we're in 15, 16 countries at this point. And the reason it ranges so broadly is because contracts are a universal challenge. And what we're seeing is two types of testimonials. I'll give you the high level and then I'll give you a very specific one. The first type of testimonial is comes from the individual user, which says, hey, wow, I can get through this document faster. 20 to 70% faster is what people are, are reporting to us. I can physically read and review this contract faster because I have, have the help of what we call our sifters giving me the advice that I need to know what's missing from this contract and what's there and how I should make changes to it. 20 to 70% is consistently what we're hearing across the board on business as usual contracts. So software, services, hardware, privacy, NDAs, leases, that's where we are today. But one very specific testimonial comes from the University of Southampton in the United Kingdom. And Letitia Baldock is the director of legal services there. And she recently gave us the following quote, and I'm going to read it to you. She said, our turnaround time for non-disclosure agreements, which are very simple agreements, our turnaround time for non-disclosure agreements was roughly 30 days as an organization before Legal Sifter. With the use of Legal Sifter and other aspects of changes that we've made because of Legal Sifter, we have reduced that down to 10 days in just the first six months of use. And I think what that speaks to is for larger organizations, it's not just that the individual user is going to get faster. But what happens is the process starts to compress, which is really where the value comes in for large organizations. It's time to cash savings on the buy side. It's time to revenue on the sell side because you're losing so much time if you're in a large organization in these extended commercial sales cycles or buy cycles that get stopped at the contract negotiation point. And what we've seen from Letitia and from the University of Southampton is what other companies are experiencing, which is a bit of an unexpected result to them. You know, when you make an individual user faster, they tend to get the work done faster, pass it off to the next person faster, who then gets to does the, their work faster. And what happens is you get this compounding impact of a reduced contract negotiation cycle, which is what we have been promising. And that 
in addition to just the individual savings and the individual risk management is the real power of legal sifter particularly for large organizations so you know that's pretty powerful that in six months they've reduced their turnaround times on simple documents from 30 days to 10 days they're very excited about rolling this out to more complex documents great example and just by coincidence university of Southampton is actually where i studied so I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, I went there about 10 years ago. I didn't know that. I didn't, well, I should have done my homework. <laughs> That's hilarious. You would have thought I did that on purpose, but that did not. I did not, but that's good. All right. So all smart people are at the University of Southampton. That's all I can wow, say. Wow, yeah, I, I hope so. I'm, I'm not 100% sure I'm one of those, but thank you. Thank you for the compliment. Okay, final and maybe the most challenging question for you. The AI contract negotiation space is one that has quite a few players in it already. What is the single most important differentiator that Legal Sifter has over other tools that are in the market? We think we partner with uh, law firms uh, better than anybody else. And you know, to pull this off, to pull off a product that gives in-context advice on contracts, you really have to have three things. You have to have good software. You have to have good data science. So you can do the AI piece of this. And you have to have expertise. And we do not have a monopoly on all of the jurisdictional and contextual expertise required to give organizations in-context advice on their situations. But you know who do? The lawyers. And we found a way for law firms to put their brains inside of Legal Sifter, co-brand the product, and resell it to their clients, which makes everybody happy. The client who would like to use more of that law firm, but for the fact it's too expensive and too slow to do it manually, the way we've been doing it for hundreds of years, they would like to access their lawyer 24-7, 365, and software enabled by AI will allow them to do that at a price point and at a speed that is affordable. You know, most companies don't send most of their contracts out to outside counsel, even though they'd like to. And outside counsel can't access that business because they're too expensive and too slow. It doesn't make sense to send a $5,000 supply chain contract out to outside counsel, wait three days and get a bill for a thousand pounds. It doesn't make sense. But if you told most organizations that they could have a proxy for that lawyer through a piece of software at an affordable rate, they would use it all day long. And while it's interesting for those organizations to buy that directly from Legal Sifter, and we'll certainly sell it to them, what we'd really like to happen is that they buy it from their trusted advisor. And so all we have to do is get that trusted advisor to understand that they can now codify their points of view inside of the software resell it to their clients, and they can expand their practice, expand the depth of their service to the clients. It doesn't cannibalize their you know, full service, billable hour, sticky wicked strategic work, but it picks up a whole bunch of new work that they otherwise can't access. So we have that value proposition. So now we can go to law firms around the world and say, you know what, as we have done, I don't know what's going on in China from a jurisdictional perspective or a legal perspective or contractual perspective. I don't know what's going on in Australia. I don't know what's going on in Austria or South Africa or Peru, but you do. And I'm going to give you a way to deliver your expertise to your clients in a format that they want to buy because they buy software all day long from everybody else in their supply chain, but they don't do it from their lawyers. And this will give them an opportunity to do something that's very normal. It's incredibly abnormal for the law firms to do this. And so it's a process to get folks to understand what's possible here. But we've got a number of law firms around the world who are doing this and a bunch more who are going to come online. So we're very, very excited about the opportunity to partner with the legal community. Kevin, that was really interesting. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you very much for joining us on our very first episode. Andrew, thank you so much for inviting me. So if I've done my job properly, 
you should by now have a relatively good understanding of what Legal Sifter does, but does it make sense for everyone to use this tool? And will some organizations be better suited to using it than others? Naturally, some organizations are going to benefit more from this tool. Organizations that are spending more time reviewing contracts are obviously going to find greater efficiencies. And in order to justify using the tool, my guess is probably that you want to be looking at thousands of contracts or in the high hundreds of contracts per annum. Although I accept there might definitely be situations where small organizations that aren't reviewing that number of contracts could still get a lot of benefit from a tool like this. Organizations that are looking at a high volume of third party contracts or complex contracts are also probably going to benefit more. And if you do have a smaller number of contracts, I think Legal Sifter does have a partner option with some law firms and some other organizations that probably could be leveraged as well. The second major benefit as I see it is the improved review consistency and consistent application of your organization's contract standards. Ensuring that your reviewers have access to those and can apply them appropriately can have a meaningful impact on the legal and commercial risk which you're being exposed to during contract review. And because of that, I think that large organizations, especially those that have geographically distributed legal teams, could benefit more from this than other types of organization. Okay, so that's a wrap. The end of our very first Legal Tech Tapas episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please do so. And please tell anyone else you think would benefit from this to subscribe as well. Other than that, we look forward to seeing you for episode two coming shortly. Mm-hmm.